It is November 24th, Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, 2020. Still a pretty jacked up year. Glad to be with you all. Thanks for all of the new listeners, new downloads. It's much appreciated. Trying to get better every day with this as we grow into something meaningful. Hopefully it already is to you. More shenanigans being discovered in the election. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about COVID. We might start with that just because it's absolutely ridiculous. More fake news to talk about as well. It would be funny if the future of our country didn't literally hang in the balance. And the worst part about it is we take 10% of what we know happened based on irrefutable evidence with this election we have enough to prove that they cheated. Just 10% of what we know. and We don't know everything. I mean, we, we hear from these attorneys. They're being very careful with what they leak before they go to court. And we'll talk about what has actually happened in a couple courts today that you're not going to hear from most, well, all mainstream media outlets. You might hear from a few. It just requires a lot of diligence. Unfortunately, I have some sources, uh, some people I, I've searched up that write a lot of details, share more than we actually need. But if you filter it, there's some really good things that can be verified that happened in particular today in Michigan. We'll talk about it. First off on COVID, we typically close with it. I'll start with it just because it's incredibly ridiculous. The lockdowns and what is essentially blue states. I, I don't know of any really true red states that have gone full tilt on the COVID restrictions. But of course, we have to focus on New York because the governor of that state, by his own actions and his incompetence, killed people in nursing homes. That's directly related to Governor Cuomo's decision to force nursing homes to take patients, to take residents back who were known to have COVID. And Janice Dean, who is with Fox News, lightly affiliated, she does mostly weather. She lost both of her parents in nursing homes, nursing homes in New York. And she's left on her own to fight this and to bring awareness to it. And she has a name. She has the notoriety and she's doing it. Imagine how she feels and how these loved ones who have lost parents, uncles, grandmas, sisters, brothers to Cuomo's incompetence. Imagine how they feel when they see... Governor Dipface receiving Emmy Awards for his use of television to educate and inform. And I think they said something about bringing ease to the population. So basically, because he appeared on TV every day, because his self-centered ass mostly protected and defended his actions even when he was caught, because he was sometimes kitschy and funny, the communists on the West Coast decided they were going to award and celebrate Governor Cuomo during a pandemic. This is how obnoxious they are. And worse, he not only accepted, he appeared and gave a nauseating, absolutely 100% puke-in-your-mouth acceptance speech about how it really isn't him and this is him just doing his job and Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was gross. And you take his drawn out, heavy, frankly, overplayed accent and add it to it. It's even more nauseating. Sorry 
I mean, it's just gross. It's embarrassing. And you have a guy who's only governor because the central New York City population is through the roof and they're stupid and they will vote themselves continually, continually vote themselves into economic oblivion in this pandemic shutdown that Cuomo is orchestrating right now. Again, won't be the last example. And of course, while he's accepting his Emmy, he's shutting down restaurants, not even allowing outdoor dining and admonishing sheriffs from upstate New York who have a legitimate point. They're saying, hey, you cannot tell us what to do, Governor. You have to actually pass laws in the state for us to actually enforce. So from what I understand, once you get about 40 minutes north and outside of New York City, everything gets red really fast. And these counties, these sheriffs are laughing and saying, yeah, we're not going door to door. We're not going to cite people for their gatherings on Thanksgiving. It's still the United States of America. There's still a constitution. Go jump headfirst into a shallow lake, governor. And of course, because the left are elitist and egomaniacal and pathetically self-centered, he cannot stomach this and has to admonish them and tell them that they are un-American and that they, the nerve of this, this boob, that they are selectively enforcing laws from the party and from the people who selectively enforce restrictions when protests occur, riots occur, supporting views that they instill, that they believe. They won't enforce those. God forbid if you're a conservative and you're out, or you're a Hasidic Jew, they're hauling you away. So again, the ultimate in hypocrisy, Governor Cuomo, like his goofball brother at CNN, who never wore a mask, was pontificating nightly on his low-view CNN, low-rent show, Cuomo's doing the same thing, pontificating about selective enforcement of laws, while he and his ilk, like Gavin Newsom, like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, they've done the same thing. So I'm glad he's uncomfortable. I'm glad he's not getting his way, and I support and cheer and just absolutely love these sheriffs who have given him the righteous American middle finger while he tries to be a complete dictator in a state that is only his because he has one county, one area right there in the city that supports him and the rest of the people don't. And they're exercising their rights as Americans and hopefully they're being safe about it. But they are not, these sheriffs are not going to enforce these ridiculous decrees from a emperor-like governor who's really full of himself because a bunch of psychotic leftist nutcases in the Emmys, the Academy, as he said, decided they were going to award him. That won't protect him from the accountability that he deserves for what he did in nursing homes. And so keep your eye on that clown and enjoy his little temper tantrums on his daily COVID briefs if you catch one, because he's really upset that these sheriffs aren't doing his bidding. All right, so back to the election. It gets more and more ridiculous every day. We, we sit here and we're wondering, where is law enforcement? Where are these lawsuits going? Is something going to actually happen each time we see another, air quotes, error reported in one of these states? Now we've got Arizona, and they're doing their canvas as they get ready to certify. Now keep in mind the governor of Arizona said he's not going to certify while there are still active court cases. Good for him. But they discovered in one of their counties, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it's one of the ones with an uh, Indian tribe name, they said uh, they found an error that there was an over-reporting of ballots 
again, guess who this favored, this overreporting? I cannot find, and I'd love for someone to try to find one of these air quotes errors that favored Donald Trump. And there have been dozens. Is it statistically possible, rhetorical question here, that these errors don't favor Donald Trump once? No, it is not. That's embarrassing to even think that these are just errors. Errors are not actions of intent. They're honest mistakes. And another one happened in Arizona, apparently. And the unofficial Arizona results dropped from a, I think it was about a 11,000 plus Biden lead to now it's around 4,000 because there was around an 8,000 Biden uh, vote gain falsely reported. I think the total batch was 12,000, 13,000. They found a batch of votes. They looked at it and they said, yeah, this wasn't supposed to be 18,000. It's only supposed to be 3,000. Whoops. And when they corrected it, Biden's lead (laughs) was cut more than in half. So now they've got problems in Arizona. This is fantastic because this makes them look like an absolute crap show like the rest of these states. And this is going to create legal daylight for Trump's legal team and other citizens and Republicans to take action and point to judges, hey, this is what we know about. What more could there be? The same thing with Michigan, right? We know about the 6,000 votes switched from Trump to Biden. That's a 12,000-point gain in Michigan and Antrim County. That dates back over a week. That was the smoke that created the curiosity and the legal opportunity in Michigan. And of course, if you watch the mainstream media, you're going to hear things only about how the Michigan lawsuits have failed and how one recently failed in the Michigan Supreme Court. So let's move on to Michigan. This lawsuit was brought by a private citizen to block the certification of Michigan based on severe fraud, severe misconduct, as stated under oath by high-profile witnesses and dozens of others. When I say high-profile witnesses, we're talking a former Secretary of State of Michigan, We're talking a former attorney general of Michigan. These people went on the record describing countless uh, acts of misconduct and fraud that occurred on election night. Now, these are a few of the hundreds, maybe thousands of affidavits. If you accumulate all of the affidavits that Sidney Powell has, that Lynn Wood has, that Giuliani has, that Laura Ellis has, on and on and on, just a few of these were actually presented in the Michigan Supreme Court. Now, unfortunately, Michigan rushed to certify their vote. As I'm reading and understanding more, that really means nothing. Again, the December 14th date when the electors are selected, that's really the certification, right? So that's the date we're up against here, December 14th. So these states are rushing to get it done, push it under the rug, and move on. They don't want to do what Wisconsin's having to do, an actual audit. It's a lot of work, costs a lot of money. Well, the Michigan Supreme Court, because Michigan certified, essentially said there's no lawsuit here. The whole point was to block certification. We we can't block it now. It's done. And they can't undo it. The Supreme Court can't do it. And there's really no reason for them to because they have time to evaluate if there was a problem, if there were problems, if there was fraud. Here's the part you're not going to read about in the mainstream press. The Supreme Court, the Michigan Supreme Court, came back to the plaintiff and said, We can't take action in this particular lawsuit. However, we are so concerned and shocked by the allegations in these sworn affidavits. We want you to come back and try this and bring this legal action in full again as soon as possible. 
Think about that. We now have a ruling body or a, a judicial body. And we're not talking one judge who might be a Trump appointee. We're talking about the Michigan Supreme Court coming together and saying these allegations are concerning, shocking, and let's be real, credible, considering the source of some of these affidavits, former elected officials, people who understand in great detail what it means to uh, sign a sworn affidavit or a declaration. It means they're committing perjury if what they're saying is not true. So the Michigan Supreme Court, unbeknownst to me until today, said, hey, come back. Bring this case back. This was that concerning. There's something we want to look at here. That's a huge deal. That case is going to be expedited, certainly, and it's one to watch. Um, if you can, I will. I'm going to get more details on specifically who the plaintiff is. I don't know. I cannot find it this time if it's Costantino, but my source is more than solid. There's a few of them that have corroborated that the Michigan Supreme Court did, in fact, come back and ask for this case to be essentially retried. Now, it's a civil action, so it's really, you know, they're talking about not really retried, but essentially um, litigated again under a new lawsuit, not one that's trying to block the certification. So this is um, really an amazing example of what the press is intentionally not telling you. It's a total fake news alert. We know if the, if the tables were switched and this were Biden seeking legal action in this election, we would know all about this. There would be nightly specials. I think each cable news show would be running it anywhere from six to eight hours a day with updates. You wouldn't need Twitter. You wouldn't need to find um, guys like Brainerd, this guy Brainerd, who has a private organization that he's funded and he's getting great results. And he's actually finding more and more. And some people think this guy Brainerd, through is, is exposing um, fake registration voting, essentially this guy has paid for, and this is where his donations go, this guy Brainerd has paid for full databases from election rolls and from election results, the, the certified 100% accurate election results with registration information. And he has this and he has a call center running now. It grows every day where they are contacting people. And I don't know specifically what data this guy runs to come up with his list, but he's a computer science superstar. He's got a few of those working for him. And what they do is they come up with a list. They run an equation that identifies questionable votes based on a person's registration, based on the timing of registration. And so they call these people. They've got their numbers and they reach out to them. They say, hey, did you vote? Some say yes, but quite a few say no. And why is that an issue? Because these are people who did vote per the database. So Arthur Curry, did you vote? No, I didn't. Why? Well, I actually didn't vote or I voted in a different state. I don't live there anymore. That's interesting. Are you Arthur Curry that lives on 123 or Willow Lane, zip code 88992? Well, that's where I used to live. So that was your address? Yes. Were you registered to vote there? Yes, for like 10 years. But I didn't vote in Wisconsin. I voted in California. Well, that's okay. Thank you. Would you would you be willing to say that under oath? You're asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly where I voted. You're saying I voted in Wisconsin. Well, per the record, somebody voted for you. That conversation is they're taking samples. So they can't talk to everybody where this happened. But based on their samples, this was a regular thing. And we know that there were 15,000 provisional ballots filled out. And I believe it was Pennsylvania by people that came in on voting day and, it, and said, they said, well, you already voted. They, no, I didn't. And so they had them fill out a provisional ballot. That's what they do when there's an error, there's something missing. 
And if it's needed, they'll go back and try to validate your vote and count it if it's going to matter. It's not the way you want to vote. Imagine these 15,000 people came in and they said, yeah, you already voted. Think if that was you. And you're like, no, I didn't. Well, what they were doing, and there's affidavits attesting to this, is they had a number, thousands of mail-in ballots that just couldn't be verified. And so per instruction from supervisors, they were told, and I think this was actually part of the Wayne County deal in Detroit, actually. They were told just assign it to a registered voter who hasn't voted yet. It's totally illegal. And so Brainerd is exposing this on a national level with sampling. And there are, there are lawyers that think that aspect, that data that he is going to share with the Trump legal team could be what puts um, even more down, puts this in front of the Supreme Court, because that is outside of what Sidney Powell's trying to do with Dominion. This is goes on the side of Giuliani, who's just proving pure ballot and election fraud and impropriety. So if you want to look it up, it's B-R-A-Y-N-A-R-D. Brainerd, you could type Brainerd election results, Brainerd election, um, you know, nonprofit group, and you can see the great work he's doing. He's, he's really crushing it. Um, Moving on to Wisconsin, so you've got this great case in Michigan that's going to be um, relitigated in front of the Michigan Supreme Court. Regardless of what happens, it can be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, but we need to watch that and see, knowing the Supreme Court of Michigan has validated these affidavits that they saw, probably didn't see them all, but validated them to the point of saying, hey, we need this, we need to see this again because it's shocking. Wisconsin, and this is brand new today, a conservative group, I believe they're a national group in Wisconsin, it has to be related to the audit, filed an emergency action today, November 24th, to toss 150,000 potentially fraudulent ballots. Is it a coincidence that this is the, at the same time Wisconsin's going through a full audit in two counties? So I don't want to be, I don't want to misspeak there. It's in Dane County and in um, Milwaukee County. That's where the Trump team paid $3 million for. This isn't run or paid for by the state. Trump's legal team, his campaign had to pay for the audit. So they picked the two most fraudulent, most egregious blue counties. And so now you're hearing of this Amistad project trying to have 150,000 potentially fraudulent ballots thrown out. The way this works is if somebody is part of those, you know, part of the canvassing and auditing in those two counties, they could easily share with somebody in a group like Amistad who has funding to say, hey, I just saw this. We're seeing this in an entire batch of ballots. 150,000 sounds a lot like some of those midnight dumps. We can only speculate. But a group like the Amistad Project with the funding with their own attorneys could help this individual or individuals who saw something during the audit. That's just my my guess as to what might be happening because the timing can't be a coincidence. This is great news. Who knows what will happen in Wisconsin? I'm going to assume if it reaches their state Supreme Court, it leans left. It doesn't matter. If they try to throw it out, it can be appealed and also go to the Supreme Court. Think of the Supreme Court eventually being in a basket. You know, where all these lawsuits are collected, and Rudy Giuliani and his team put their case together based on what is being or going to be tried in front of the Supreme Court, what is going to be litigated. And of course, at the same time, you want and you hope that Sidney Powell's case that she is going to file in Georgia tomorrow on Wednesday, per Lynn Wood, the attorney that has been the lead dog doing the Lord's work in Georgia, Lynn Wood is going to be um, working with Sidney tomorrow, and they will be focused on bringing legal action, the Kraken, as Sidney Powell refers, 
in Georgia. That's the state where she's starting. I believe it's the state where they probably they picked it based on what they're saying they found with these Dominion systems. And if you're going to start, you start with the big one. Also, it makes sense because Georgia certified early and there is a Senate election scheduled for early January in Georgia that is monumental in its impact. And so they need to point out the fraud in Georgia if they can prove it with these Dominion systems. Because guess what? Come that Senate runoff where um, Purdue and Loeffler, we hope, would win, guess what systems they're going to be using? They're going to be using Dominion and they're already pulling shenanigans with absentee ballots. So the fix is on there. If, if, if there's any hope, not only for Trump, but for that Senate runoff in January, it is in exposing the fraud and doing it first in Georgia. Per Lynn Wood, he said it's going down tomorrow. You have reputable people since that press release where Trump's legal team put some distance between them and Sidney Powell. You have absolutely reputable, reputable people, including Stephen Cortez, who is a current advisor to the 2020 campaign. They have been absolutely praising Linwood. I'm sorry, Sidney Powell, Linwood too, and letting the world know how credible she is and how she is somebody to be trusted. Tomorrow should be the day. I'll warn everybody. She did say last Saturday it was going to be Wednesday or Friday of Thanksgiving week, but Lynn Wood should know, considering he's the lead guy in Georgia. So keep your eye on that, and I will certainly, I'll certainly do a show tomorrow, Wednesday. I'll take Thursday off and be back Friday, but I will wait before I broadcast to see what we can find out about what Sidney Powell actually shares with the courts when she brings that massive Dominion system legal action tomorrow in Georgia. Speaking of Dominion, and I think this is incredible, and this is something, again, it would be relevant if we had a press corps that wasn't a permanent resident in a cesspool of lies and just completely aligned with Biden and anything anything far left and socialist. Have you heard the name Eric Coomer? So this is a Dominion exec. I believe at one point he was the CEO of Dominion. This guy in September of this year was on a, an Antifa, like an Antifa-hosted Zoom call where one of the clowns, and if you don't know anything about Antifa, you, you got to look these guys up. Now, they've had tremendous protection from the press and from, from government officials in that they've been ignored or dismissed as just kind of a random group. They are Their organization lives on the fact that they're decentralized. They don't have one central headquarters or leader, but they are heavy hitters. They are communists. They refer to themselves as anarcho-communists. They want anarchy first. They want to bring the system down completely, destroy everything that we know and love so that they can bring back a Marxist society. This is not me. This is what they say, right? We're not, we're not pointing this out and saying that actor, that politician's communist based on their actions. These are their words, similar to BLM being Marxist. They say it. It's on their website. And so Antifa, the scum that they are, they had this guy, Coomer, a part of their Zoom call. He's an Antifa sympathizer. He's one of them. If you look at him, it, he's got that hipster sort of awkward, I'll get your coffee for you look, and you're not sure and you want to see him make it because you're not sure what they're going to put in it. It's that guy. For you ladies, it's the creeper that you know sees you every day and you're nice to him when you buy coffee. Therefore, he thinks you like him. That's this guy. If you see a picture of him, it's who he is. He's just got that awkward hipster thing going with the hair and the, the manicured beard. And true to form, on this call, this active executive with Dominion, after one of the Antifa pukes says, well, what if effing Trump wins the election. And Coomer pipes in 
and says, and this, this can be heard. This was screen recorded by someone who infiltrated the call. And there's an interview with him on the gateway pundit, I believe. And Coomer pipes in and says, don't worry. He says something to the effect of, I'll make effing sure of that, that Trump won't win. It's a direct quote from this guy that's actively working with Dominion. I think he got over his skis. True to form, these guys are egomaniacs. They're clearly betas who need attention. And they love to to absolutely flex when they can because they can't really physically flex in the real world. I don't think these guys could bench press 30 pounds even if they had help. And so this is their chance to seem strong, stunning, and brave. And they get carried away. And they forget that these things are recorded or that somebody there might be screen recording and paying attention and might be an actual patriot who infiltrated, which is the case, and a reporter did that, and they got this guy burned. Do you think this might be relevant? Because <laughs> this um, this is absolutely something um, that would be a shocking ripple story going through the mainstream press if the Proud Boys had a similar call, and this guy Coomer was an active member or even on the call, and he said he would make effing sure Biden didn't win. I think it's relevant when the guy who's the chief executive, a top executive with the machine, the voting system that has like 57,000 machines in Georgia, okay? And there's a story now we can see this. So keep this guy Coomer in mind. Going back in Georgia, this is a local news story. It's called Georgia Station 11 Alive, assuming Channel 11 in Georgia. They have a story questioning why this guy Coomer did a last-minute update patch one week before early voting started in Georgia. According to people in the business of election counting and tabulation systems, this is highly irregular. And per the um, U.S. Election Assistance Commission, this was done without adequate testing or certification. And there was legal action, and of course, local circuit judges did nothing. This goes back to September. Some good people tried to mandate via legal action paper voting because this suspect asshat, Coomer, who we now know is an Antifa sympathizer, had access to perform a last-minute update to 57,000 Dominion systems in Georgia. Coincidence? Well, tomorrow we should find out, and I doubt it is. I, I certainly doubt it is because this dog, I mean, all right, pardon the interruption. I actually started to say this dog because there was a dog barking in the background. It needed something. I personally don't care, uh, but it was uh, all's good with the animal. But going back to this guy, Coomer, I mean, I think we can fairly question his motive and his commitment to what he wanted. And like any TDS sufferer, any lunatic anti-Trump Antifa thug, we, we can't limit or think they'd be limited in what they would do to bring Trump down or to bring you down. I mean, these are the same people, uh, you know, publicly threatening the lives of a number of officials, one attorney in Pennsylvania who had to get U.S. Marshal protection, somebody who would dare take legal action to question the results. So Coomer is getting a lot of attention finally from the conservative media, and they're putting a timeline together and tomorrow should be the nail in that coffin that's being been built for a couple of weeks by Sidney Powell. We shall see. But it sure supports the fact, another, another interesting coincidence that we got this Antifa clown updating systems one week before an actual U.S. presidential vote starts. One week before 
early in-person voting where these systems were used in multiple counties. I think all of them across Georgia, 57,000 systems in total. It's uh, absolutely horrifying. It's incredible. Let's close with another dead rhino, Republican in name only, anti-Trumper update. You remember Paul Ryan, the worst, least effective Republican Speaker of the House in the history of that body of government? Yeah, Paul Ryan, which is just, can you believe what he was doing today? He was on a virtual EU conference call, a European Union conference call. So he's, he's a, here he is bending the knee. You can only imagine what his demeanor was, right? He probably hates Brexit, which was awesome. We could talk about that another time. And it's another, Brexit was just another indication. You look at Eastern European countries, the global populist conservative movement is taking hold thanks to Donald Trump. And guys like Paul Ryan hate it. They hate that they never had a shot. They hate that, I mean, he tied his future, his political career as a potential vice president to John McCain. I mean, huge mistake. So, I mean, think about how McCain was ball washing the Democrats, even when he was running for president against them. Paul Ryan was worse. I remember when he sat there and, and Joe Biden, who was actually cognizant and not suffering from dementia, and this goes back to 2008, during that campaign, Paul Ryan just sat there in that tabletop debate and just watched Joe. You can look at, look at the YouTube video. Joe Biden just browbeat him. You could tell he kind of felt bad for Paul Ryan at the end because Ryan just took it. It's like, thank you, sir, may I have another. It's ridiculous. So here he is slamming Trump to the European Union, saying that he um, these attacks on our election system need to stop. Geez, Paul, why are you so afraid of our election system being questioned? Are you afraid because if it's exposed as being fraudulent and having been fraudulent before that people are going to question everything? Well, that's how it works with the system, the big system, when corruption's brought down. It doesn't just stop with the instance where corruption was exposed. It causes us as Americans, as free people with liberty, with free speech, to question you and question everyone who's been in power a long time who chose to not look into this, to neglect the fact that there's been obvious examples of corruption in the election system going on for years and years. And we've got Democrats who are on the record questioning systems like Dominion, questioning electronic online ballot opportunities, hacking opportunities. You can't you you can fill five pages with the stories going back even to the mid 2000s of Democrats expressing severe concern over how these elections are run. And we know there was hacking. But when Donald Trump was at risk of winning, they were more worried of him cheating. Now that it's clear that they cheated or their people cheated, these hypocrites don't want to look into it because they're worried they will lose power. Paul Ryan's the same way. The rhinos, the anti-Trumpers, want the Trump movement to go away as fast as possible. They don't. I mean, their worst nightmare is that something is exposed to the point where the Supreme Court gets involved. And this election goes to the state legislators, going to Congress via a delegate, an elector from each state. By the numbers I've read, Trump wins 31 to 19. It's lock, stock, and barrel. It's done if they can get it there. And that is a difficult legal task, but this is Paul Ryan's worst nightmare, just like it is Joe Biden's, just like it's Kamala Harris, which makes me want it even more, just like it is Obama's and everybody's nightmare, every rhino that's ever lived, McCain's family, God, Mitt Romney. I mean, Mitt Romney's dying right now because he's getting reports of what we are finding. He's got to be freaking out. Even though he probably thinks it's only a 1% chance, that 1% is keeping him up at night. 
That is fantastic. If at, at a minimum, this causes Mitt Romney to lose sleep, I'm in because these are pathetic individuals who never represented conservatives and Trump did. Trump took us away from them. He showed us what an outsider can do, even though he was straddled with a bogus impeachment for almost his entire first term. They don't know what they'll do with him if he's still in the White House four more years. They don't know what they'll do after that. So you think they might be willing to go the extra mile to go way beyond something they could even sweep under the rug and risk getting caught to keep him from taking power and from being reelected? I do. I think that's what Trump derangement syndrome is, and I think people like Paul Ryan suffer from it, just like any Democrat, any radical leftist does. And so this so beta, so soft, Paul Ryan, who now has a beard, which likely would test high in estrogen, Paul Ryan's doing his part to tell the European Union how bad our president is. Not only is it embarrassing, is it pathetic, it's just cliche. I mean, that's what these guys, it's like those people on social media who cry and whine about, we're the laughing stock of the world. I don't care. Most of the people laughing wouldn't have the ability to laugh if it wasn't for our, our ancestors bailing them out and risking their lives and getting killed, getting off the boat in beaches like Omaha to keep Nazis from walking over him. Because you got a lot of dropped, barely used rifles littered across Europe when we got there. All of them practically brand new. Because they're fantastic. These countries, <clears throat> France, damn good at surrender. And so now these, these people who specialized and made an art, the act of surrendering, are going to criticize us? Fine. Because we know when it hits the fan again in the future, if it does, we're on speed dial and we'll go do it again. Because we know we have to stop tyranny. We have to stop actual dictators. We have to stop power-hungry megalomaniacs in their tracks in Europe because they don't stop at those borders. They'll come here. We're going to have to deal with them at some time, and that's what we did with the Nazi party, with Hitler. And so these people have the nerve to take a shot at Trump because he doesn't put the European Union first. And that's what General Mattis, who used to be called Mad Dog, this he's a real leftist, he turned out to be, Trump's first Secretary of uh, Defense, is now imploring Joe Biden to take America first language out of national security policy. Isn't that fantastic? So are we seeing what many believe is the beginning of a new neocon, uh, pro-U.S. Uh, America world police policy coming? Because if it's not America first and it's somebody else first, are we going to start to use in terms like, well, it's our interests abroad. These serve American interests to occupy this country, to drop bombs on this country. Because that's where I think guys like Biden come from. He was pro-Iraq war, big proponent. No one held him accountable during this election or even before, and, and he still got elected. Trump's bringing troops home. You got Mattis talking about America first going away. Well, who's first? We know Paul Ryan wants to be part of the European Union if he could. These guys love globalism, and that's the word we're going to talk about as a continuing theme as we move forward, and that's what Trump put in jeopardy. His populist nationalism destroys globalism. The fact that the United States wanted to look at itself and fix United States problems for four years is a nightmare for globalists here and globalists abroad. And we want them upset because one day we need to destroy them. They need to go away. And we need to do it in the arena of ideas if we can. And that's where we'll start. And it doesn't start by 
this unity talk and embracing them and really giving them a forum because they're crazy and they want to sell us out and they want us being a part of things like the Paris Accords. And you watch, Biden's going to try to put the Iran nuclear deal back in place. Unfortunately for Grandpa Joe, a lot has changed since Trump nuked it. No pun intended. So keep it, keep your eye on the ball. Stay focused. If you fall into the mainstream press um, Trump concede narrative, it's going to bring you down. Avoid it at all costs. Newsmax is trying to report both sides and try, you know, they're doing their best to keep up with what's actually happening. We know Trump has gotten out of the way a bit as far as transition. I should have opened with this. Don't let that crush you either. This GSA office that's allowing Trump's team to work with Biden's team on a transition, that doesn't matter. It honestly feels like 4D chess to me. If Trump really has a legal case that he believes in, it doesn't matter if emails are exchanged and people have you know key cards to the library and have seen a few things. The moment the Supreme Court rules, those key cards are invalid. Membership denied. You're on your ass. You're no longer coming in. And that can happen at any moment between now and Inauguration Day, which is January 20, 2021. So don't fret. Don't let that stuff bother you. Same with that press release earlier this week. It's not part of the game. It's, it's, it's actually part of Trump's game. And I think it's part of his ruse to keep people looking at things while they're doing good work. Again, my hope is, is pretty heavy on the Dominion system litigation. It's not the only thing. There are a lot of legal scholars and lawyers who believe that Giuliani and his team with ballot fraud and impropriety in multiple states have more than enough to bring this to the Supreme Court and put the election in Trump's favor. So stay positive. I will be back tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. And it's really been a pleasure uh, with all you new listeners and appreciate anything you want to share. My email is eipnet1776 at gmail.com. God bless.